Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, founder and CEO of Tribal Knowledge Podcasting, and my guest is Robert Hellstrom, Senior VP of Marketing at Sightly, a digital marketing technology and services firm. Robert, it's great to have you on the show. Great to be here, Jeremy. So tell us a bit about what you guys do and who your audience is. Sure. Well, Sightly is a digital marketing, as you said, digital marketing and advertising solutions provider. And we work with brands and agency brand teams to accomplish a few important things. Number one, to know who they are deeply. That is the brands to know themselves deeply, their opinions, um, values, how they feel about certain scenarios that we see occurring all the time. Number two, to know what's happening in the world and media at, at any given moment that matters to them based on that mentality. Mm-hmm. And then number three, to help them avoid the risky moments, stories, trends, etc., And just as importantly, help them seize opportunities that we see pop up and follow all the time. We also do full service media activation. So we can actually use this intelligence to get their messages in front of their audiences across a variety of channels, primarily video. So YouTube, TikTok, live streaming network, connected TV and OTT, Roku, et cetera, plus other media like Waze and Snap, et cetera. Okay, really interesting. So one, so you guys offer a pretty wide range of services. One of, one of them that you mentioned was things to avoid, sort of pitfalls to avoid. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious, what's an example of that? Well, I think a lot of discussion has happened over the last several years around this concept of brand safety. So if there is, uh, and, and, and the classic examples have been, you know, at the expense of some of the wall guards like YouTube, for example, we've seen a lot of that, uh, not a lot of it, but that's the, those are the ones that have caught our attention because we operate a lot in YouTube. So you could see like, say, for example, if, if a brand's ad, well, there, was a, there was a recent article about Nike and Amazon ads showing up on websites that, um, you know, promote, you know, I wouldn't say conspiracy theories, but sort of uh, misleading theories about vaccinations, for example, yeah. and, you know, why that's not a good thing for their brands, et cetera, and why they want to avoid that kind of a thing. So, so there's always that sense of a risk avoidance that I think a, a lot mm-hmm. of advertisers, I wouldn't say obsess with, but it's really, you know, front and center in their mind. I think yeah. The other side of that coin that doesn't get as much currency in the media is the opportunities that exist when, you know, you can look at these things a lot more in detail and analyze them a lot more closely and make decisions about them a rapid way that you can actually leverage some of these based on your own, you know, opinions mm. and your own, your brand's own feelings about these things. You can leverage them in ways that are very advantageous in terms of generating alignment with your consumers, giving you uh, a leg up on competitors in that regard, et cetera. So it's, it's, you know, the other, the other side of the coin of, of brand safety is what I would call it the opportunity side. Right. Absolutely. So now I know you guys have a a voice of the customer, a voice of the market program, Mm -hmm. essentially invite clients in to give feedback and ask you questions and help you better understand how you're serving them and what you can do better. So I I think 
all of our listeners could see value in this, but I want to hear it from you. Why do you do this? What is the value for your company? Sure. Great question. So yeah, we call it voice of market. And so the brand and media technology platform that we've, we've built, we call it the brand mentality platform. It's very unique and, and it's new. So voice of market from a product marketing perspective provides teaching and learning moments where our customers and members of our customer advisory board can tell us what they find most valuable, what they might have issues with or even struggle with. So as we're building this out, we have this constant feedback loop built into the process. But aside from that, it also allows us just to listen to customers in a pretty informal setting, you know, a conversation. So we can hear what's going on with them and maybe learn if there are any challenges they have and really get some insights into how they think and work just so we can see things through their eyes better. You know, it's really just a way to understand, you know, their point of view, their perspectives, uh, you know, what are, how, how do they feel about their clients, if they're agencies or their consumers, if they're brands, what are some of the things that they have to think about that we may not have thought about ourselves in, in dealing with them, et cetera. I mean, it seems like one of, the, one of the most valuable things any company could do is have these in-depth conversations with their customers, but what are we mm -hmm. doing well? What do we need to improve on? I mean, what could be more fundamental right. than that, right? I know. Yeah, it's, it's not um, rocket science per se, yeah. but it is, it's, it, it, it takes a, an effort and a, you know, kind of a concerted effort. So our account executives invite their clients to come in. We have, like I said, a, a customer advisory board where some of our customers are actually advisors to us in a little bit more formal fashion that we'll bring on. We'll bring on our own people internally that have customer facing roles, our account managers and account executives, client services people, just to con constantly kind of, you know, get that that information flowing through asking questions, you know, it has a lot of value from a product perspective, but it also just has a lot of value from an empathy perspective too. Yeah. Right. So what's an example or a couple of examples of things you've learned from your customers that have helped you guys become a better company? Yeah, sure. Well, like I was alluding to there, there are those specific things such as questions that may arise around, you know, the, the elements in their brand mentality profile. So, you know, one of the things that I said earlier was that we help brands know themselves deeply. And the way that we do that is we, we complete this brand mentality profile that's very, very in-depth and granular. And, and we can resolve any questions or issues around the completion of that or thoughts about some of the elements of that by having this informal discussion. So for example, one of our uh, clients or customers, as we were going through the process with them and answering questions having a conversation with them, answering some questions about the brand mentality profile and their process and filling this thing out, they, um, they asked us about a particular category that we wanted them to, to give us their feelings around, which was alcohol and tobacco. And they said, you know, we, we would really like to kind of split that apart because we have certain feelings about alcohol that are different than our feelings about tobacco. And we thought, oh, you know, the industry has forever kind of lumped those two things together. 
but that makes all the sense in the world. So yeah, let's go ahead and split those out. We get, we can, we can look at content, the, you know, and, and, and conversations and stories and news and everything in those two different lenses that, that, you know, are part of your mentality. So that, that's, that's one example from sort of that product side of things. But then there's the less specific, what I think about, like maybe call it open-ended things, you know, that come up in conversation that lead to new ideas or, you know, innovation solutions. And I think one example might be in one call, our customer made a comment like, you know, it's not all about performance when it comes to media. You know, there's, there's other benefits right now that don't necessarily get measured. And that discussion led us to think about other metrics that we could develop that measure benefits that don't get measured today. For example, like a, a crisis averted score that shows you the amount of risk you avoid on an ongoing basis based on your brand's mentality that, that we detect with our intelligence. And so, you know, showing another benefit or measuring another benefit that we didn't even think about before, you know, that just sort of came up from listening to what they were saying and, you know, going, oh, that's, that's interesting. Let's well, talk about that a little bit more. Like what, what's an example? And then afterwards going, uh, talking amongst ourselves and saying, you know, what about that idea? Is there something we could do with that? Yeah, we could come up with some metrics. You know, that's a, that's a good example of how that works too. Sounds incredibly valuable. And, and, and like you said, it's not rocket science. I, I mean, I could say the same mm-hmm. thing. Like in in mm-hmm. in my business in the podcasting world, I've m- many of the services that we offer and how we go about them came about through working with clients and hearing what they have to say, and then telling us pretty directly, "We'd like to do this." And that's the the, the best case is when we're not already doing that. We say, "Oh, okay, right, of course, of course, you want to do that." Right. Other people, so we add it to our list and we figure it out. It, it, it's it, it it seems like such a a basic thing to do, and yet I think what's so great about what you guys are doing is you're deliberately creating, you're enabling the, your customers to give you that feedback, not just hoping that you get it. Yeah, I think you kind of have to create those situations where you can listen. You know, it's not just about you know seeing what they put out in market and getting feedback from your uh, salespeople or your account managers or client services people. It's about, you know, just having conversations, talking about topics that are, you know, hot topics in the industry or the situations that they might have, they might be encountering right now and just kind of listening and listening for those things that they talk about more than once. For example, they bring it up a couple of times. You go, Oh no, that's something we should probably ask about a little bit further and probe a little bit more on just to understand what, what it is that, that, you know, how, how that affects them. And, you know, maybe there's something we can do to help, you know, fix that or you know, give them some assistance, etc. So, yeah, it's just, you know, listening, listening is um, mm. <clears throat> something that, you know, you just have to get comfortable with because it's <laughs> a lot of times it's just silence, right? When you're listening, uh, people kind of then go and say something else and that they wouldn't have said if you just hadn't sat there for a moment, you know, and you know this from being an interviewer. I think, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you probably encounter this a lot, right? Those moments. You, oh, that that's exactly right. I mean, in, in fact, we've talked about, about listening a lot in this podcast that it's, 
on the one hand, well, everybody knows how to listen. You just, you know, but but it, it's it's actually not. It's more complicated. It's it's something you can get better at and learn and really listen. And I think part of it is having a sense of knowing what you're listening for. Like you just said, when when a customer might repeat something a few times, that's a signal. Like, okay, this is important. I I need to really hear what they're saying and listen, and then let's talk about it. Let's have a discussion about it. I couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. So, Robert, what's your advice for marketing teams that want to learn more about their audience and, and maybe even want to start up mm-hmm. a voice of the customer type program? How do you go about doing that? Sure. Well, I, I think any mechanism uh, you can put in place and nurture, like a voice of market program or whatever you call it, is is worthwhile. So the way we did it was we basically set up a, you know, a recurring time every week. There's an hour window and we talk to our customer facing people first and say, Hey, if you have a client, a customer, or even a prospect that you're talking to that you think would be, you know, interested in talking and just having an informal conversation, you know, invite them on. And so that's, that's sort of how it got. So we do some active uh, reach out and our letter client services and salespeople, you know, bring in, you know, agency team members or brand team members that they work with to kind of give us some feedback. And that's how it started and how it just, there's not a whole lot of structure to it when it comes down to it, but it's just making that time available for it to happen, I think is part of part of it. And then also kind of in aggregate, uh, all the mechanisms you might use to gather input and sort of keep your uh, eyes and ears open. You know, like, you know, a lot of social media now have the ability to do quick polls or surveys, mm-hmm. you know, ask a question type of thing. You can do the same thing on your website and, and using those means to start conversations in social media, for example, or ask questions and and kind of monitor the responses and reply to those, et cetera. Any way that you can, you know, kind of gather that information from your audience, I think is, is, is worthwhile figuring out how to organize it and use it to your best advantage. And then the other thing is something that we're going through right now, a little bit, a little bit more formal process, but I think it's really valuable too, is to regularly, um, revisit your personas at least annually or or even more uh, often, depending upon how dynamic uh, your business may be. So I use a tool like uh, Empathy Map. I think it's called the Empathy Map Canvas to sit down with your customer facing colleagues, you know, the people on your team that, you know, are talking to the customers regularly and and a- ask and answer questions. Uh, so like I, I happen to have it open here because I knew I was going to mention it. I and mean, we're going through the process right now. So it's it's good time, good timing. But, you know, questions are, you know, finding out who are we empathizing with? So what do they need to do? So a lot of this kind of folds into or is similar to the jobs to be done. So what do our customers need to do? You know, what do they uh, need to do differently? What jobs do they want to get done, et cetera? You know, what do they see? What do they say? What do they hear? And what do they think and feel? And just sort of having those conversations about your customers start to make you think, you know, walk a mile in their shoes, if you will, or whatever, see the world through their eyes more and more. And I think that that exercise really helps you 
open up your ears and eyes even more when you're out there in market and you know following conversations that are occurring and you can kind of start to answer some of those questions on an ongoing basis even. So that's that's, yeah. that's a pretty cool thing to do too. What kind of response have you gotten from your customers? Is is Have you found that they respond to this, like they're eager to share their views with you? How well has this been working for you guys? Surprisingly well. And it's just amazing. Like I said, the the amount of insights and ideas that come out of every one of these conversations, you know, I think that when you make time for it and you are going there with, you know, sort of, yeah, it sounds kind of corny, but, you know, being present, you know, being open, listening for those patterns or those disruptive things that might happen and and then following up on them and, and seeing where they lead type of thing. It's just amazing, you know, how the insights that come out of it. And, and it's really the other, the other thing that happens, which is it's a side benefit, but it's very valuable, is that it actually strengthens the bond. You know, you have these conversations and they, they, I, I feel like at least the response that we've gotten is that they feel like they're, they're being listened to. And, they, and you also hear how you're doing as a company and how, how your people are doing in terms of their relationship, which has been you know, just wonderfully positive. And, and it gives you a sense of appreciation for your colleagues that work with them on a regular basis too. So there's all kinds of benefits that come from it. Really interesting. So Robert, how can people uh, reach you if they want to chat or have questions? Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, my email is rocket, R-O-C-K-E-T at sightly, S-I-G-H-T-L-Y.com. And that would be the easiest way. Okay. Yeah, very I'm good. also on LinkedIn. So if you want to want to okay. connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, that's fine too. Okay. Well, we're, we'll put your email and your LinkedIn, a link to your LinkedIn in the show notes so folks can reach out. And Robert, thank you so much for your time. Really enjoyed our conversation. Oh, you bet, Jeremy. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. I really enjoy your your business, what you're doing there. I think you're doing a nice service for everyone. Well, thank you so much. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.